Welcome to episode 60 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we are going to talk about the coronavirus, the Moroccan economy, the current economic situation, what's happening with work, what's happening with businesses, and we're going to give a little bit of feedback from listeners regarding their individual situation. Uh, some folks who live in Rabat, Casablanca, and Marrakesh. Uh, but before we get to that, Ryan, what's going on? Let's get an update. How are you? Hey, Ryan, good to see you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going. So this is week three. Um, got all three kids at home working on homeschooling. It's starting to get better. I think we're getting into a better rhythm. Um, we've learned some things with technology, you know, got different, different apps and platforms downloaded onto various devices. We've got a bit of a schedule and a system in place. So things are improving that way. Um, it's been a big adjustment for me work-wise. So thankfully I have this small little office, which is very helpful. Um, that's maybe a side tip for people is if you are working from home and you have family members, especially young kids, it can be useful to have a little location that you can get away to and not just to have more focus, but even for yourself personally, that you're communicating to your brain, okay, now's the time to focus. Now's the time to do work and to make progress on my goals, not just, you know, scroll social media and, and relax. So it has been an adjustment though. Um, as I mentioned in a previous episode, all events and trainings have been canceled, but there's beginning to be more events happening online. So I've done a few Instagram lives and a webinar and uh, producing a little bit of content for my YouTube channel, um, just sharing what, what's going on and writing a couple articles. But the detriment to all this stuff is it's free, right? It's hard to find ways to earn income. Whereas a lot of events and trainings that I would do would be paid. All these things are more attended by individuals rather than companies. And that makes a big difference because a company you can easily invoice and collect payment. Individuals showing up for a webinar is a, is a whole different thing. So it's a, it's a new era and trying to adjust and find new income streams and ways to um, offer value and get paid for it. It's a challenge. So figuring it out, shwea bashwea. What about you? How are things going? Well, first I have to uh, apologize to Zubir and Reda and Marwan and Mohammed Amin, because we actually had a listener video cast yesterday where we invited folks to come on and uh, answer questions, give us updates on the personal situation, but I failed to record the video. So um, still getting used to the functionality of Zoom and I just didn't realize that the entire time we were talking was not recording. So. Apologies. Uh, we'll get them back on the on the podcast because they had a lot of wise insights and updates that I think were valuable uh, for our listeners and our viewers. So we'll get them back on the podcast uh, at a later date. And we'll do a bit of summarizing today of what they had to say. For me, uh, yeah, it's a complete shutdown. I don't have a single client that's working right now. Um, so I'm doing a lot of reflecting on how to position myself for when this eventually 
resolves itself. I'm not going to call it going back to normal. I don't think everything anything's going to be normal. I think there's going to be a, a new normal. And I think this is really a time to uh, work on yourself and prepare your business uh, for the future. Uh, someone shared in the, the WhatsApp group, uh, Rita actually shared in the WhatsApp group uh, for our club, a video by a gentleman. And he basically was saying, he was calling everyone out. Their excuses that we've all had for years. Oh, I don't have time. I can't do this. I can't read this book or take this class or learn this language because I don't have time, right? And he's basically mm -hmm. like, well, what's your excuse now? Right. And what are you going to do? Are you going to watch every single thing that's on Netflix? <laughs> like, is that what you're going to accomplish during this lockdown? Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because I think entrepreneurs are actually going to have an easier time during the lockdown because we're used to being self-motivated. And I think everyone now has become an entrepreneur, right? If you're mm -hmm. in lockdown, you basically have to motivate yourself. Your boss is not there. Nobody's watching over you. You know, I've actually read articles about all these companies are freaking out about their employees working from home because they can't monitor them, mm -hmm. right? They can't see what they're doing. So they're trying to install spyware on all their employees to make sure they're actually working. Well, that, that's, wow. that's sad, of course. But right now, everything is self-motivated. You've got to uh, be individually inspired to do work that's necessary. And, and one thing I really want to impress upon our listeners is you should be expecting this to be much worse than anyone is talking about right now. The, the virus and the fallout and the economic implications, you should just expect it and prepare it to be far worse than anyone's talking about. And the reason I say that is, you know, everybody for the last few weeks was like, oh, China's fixed. Everything's great in China. Well, they just locked down another city because they have an outbreak. So we cannot expect a quick recovery here. Everyone should plan for this to be very bad. And if it's not, then great, you're, you're in a better position. We all hope and pray that it, it goes away quickly and we have a quick recovery, but you know what? It might not. Mm -hmm. So really, we take this time to really think about what you're doing in your work, um, in your personal life, what your priorities are. And for business owners, we really must evaluate whether or not what we've been doing in our business lives has been an essential or non-essential activity. And it's very easy to identify that right now because the only things that are happening right now in the economy, at least in Morocco, are essential things like food, water, electricity, housing, communication, um, entertainment and relationships. And of course, healthcare, uh, medical care. And you can throw in transportation, although that clearly has become um, not as essential as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So for all of us who have businesses and are thinking about the future, we need to move our products and services in the direction of what is essential. And one of the things I've realized is that what I've been doing is not essential. 
because my clients, they've all shut down and they don't need what I'm doing. So uh, that's caused me to really think about uh, how I've been prioritizing my work. Um, yeah, you think about companies, they're, they're wanting to make profit. They, you know, the only way that they can stay in business, that they can function is if they're making money. And the further removed your product or service is, the, the less directly linked it is with how they generate income, the more at risk you are. You know, so we've talked about this, that, you know, the, the role that I have offering training and coaching and consulting, that's a nice to have, but it can be difficult to build a case that it's crucial or that it's necessary. So the, the more value you can offer and the more directly you can illustrate or demonstrate or prove that what you are offering is impacting the bottom line, it's increasing profits, then the, the more protected you are, the more secure your your business is. But the more that that's vague or blurry or tough to show evidence for, you're going to be cut instantly. And this isn't just true for entrepreneurs and business owners, even for employees. And I'm sure there's many people that are at home right now who are employees and they don't have a lot to do. And they're really not crucial to keep the business running. And there's a lot of people that are probably thinking, wow, I'm, I'm not that important in this company. I have very much a support role and I'm, my work is very far removed from the income generating aspect of this business. And that is worrisome, you know? So that's something to consider as we think about coming out of this, how do we reposition ourselves both within our company or within um, the entrepreneurial space as well? I wanted to just uh, reference this book. Um, a lot of you will have read this before. This is The E-Myth. It's written by Michael Gerber. And it's an old book. I mean, I think I read this thing like 15 years ago and it was already a little bit old, but it's a classic. And the basic summary, the main idea is that business owners need to work on the business, not just in the business. And this is a, a risk that a lot of small business owners face is that they just are busy doing work in the business and they don't work on the business. And as you mentioned, this has given us a huge opportunity to, to pause the daily activities and to think through the bigger picture of our business and to get some things done that will enhance the business that we just normally don't have the time to do when we're just juggling and trying to keep all the balls in the air. So that's an opportunity that we have. Yeah, you mentioned employees. <clears throat> One thing I was thinking about is if you're an employee and you're sitting home and you're doing nothing and you've been used to just doing your job and doing the bare minimum, uh, it, it, unfortunately it is, seems to be very common uh, here in Morocco is that people, they have a job description and then that's all they do. And they don't try to do any more. They don't try and go above and beyond. And, and I understand the mentality. There's, there's sort of a mentality that even if I work hard, it's, it's not going to be rewarded. I'm not going to get a pay raise. I'm not going to get a promotion. You know, all of that stuff's based on who you know. It's not necessarily based on uh, how good a job you do. Well, if you're an employee right now, you're sitting home, my recommendation, my advice to you is stay engaged with your company, with your boss. Be connecting with them and offering assistance, 
asking them, you know, what can be done? How can I help? Um, because like you said, there's going to be some expense reduction here in the next few months. And typically what happens is training and education gets cut, marketing gets cut and employees get cut, you know, and, and maybe like conferences and other events, uh, of course, bonuses, salary bonuses, stuff like that, all that stuff gets cut. And if you're an employee, you want to keep your job, you need to show your boss why they need to keep you and, and not somebody else. And stay engaged, stay in positive, offer value even while you're stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of two, two main thoughts that we have had, especially when we were talking yesterday with the listeners. One is, what do I do now? Um, if I have extra time in my schedule, how is that an opportunity? How can I use this time well? And the second one, which guides the first one is coming out of this, what's going to be different and how do I prepare for that? And so depending on your industry, there may be huge changes. You know, you talked about companies that are trying to install spyware. You know, I really think that there's some companies who have been advanced with remote working and trusting their employees and also just saying, look, we don't care when you work. We don't care how many hours you put in. We care about results. And so we have hired you to get results. And if you're getting those results, it doesn't really matter to us how you're doing it or you know, when you're doing it. That's not the main issue. And I think a lot of companies will start to adopt that mentality. If somebody can hammer out in three hours from nine till midnight at their home desk what someone else was doing from nine to five in an office, then it's really no difference to the company. If the results are there, then wonderful. You're paid for those results. And I think a lot of companies will shift that way. We talked to Dr. Ben McClouf about the huge changes that will go forth in education, particularly in the, the public schools where they haven't been using a lot of online platforms. That's going to be a huge shift, which is going to create a lot of redundancy businesses that are doing uh, delivery or e-commerce, they're going to increase. And um, businesses that are providing services that could be offered online, so things like bank tellers, there's going to be a huge shift in that. People have had the option in Morocco for many years of doing a lot of transactions online, paying your rent, paying your LIDEC, paying your phone and internet and travel and these kinds of things. And this will be a catalyst that pushes a lot of people to do that, which means those physical branches will be used far less often and people will, will lose their jobs. Yeah, we, uh, we talked yesterday about what to do with yourself, um, how to spend your time, self-improvement, online courses, reading books, um, developing a new skill or proficiency. Um, one of the things I want to talk about right now is, is what can businesses be doing? Um, I, I take a, a piece of advice from Rada, one of our listeners who we've had on the podcast. He's expanding his base of clients, coaching clients right now. And I think that he's building his brand. And I think companies really need to be thinking about building your brand and making impressions on people for the future. And 
staying engaged, staying in people's minds, and re really people are still at home and they're on their phones. You know that people are at home, they're on their phones, they're on their computers, they're watching TV. Now is an opportunity to make impressions on new potential clients. And if you're a business and you have every intention and hope of continuing after this lockdown, then now could be an opportunity to, to you know, promote your brand mm -hmm. and make impressions and set yourself up to have new clients once we get out of this, uh, this lockdown. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to charge. You can build a base by offering things for free. You know, we're continuing to do this podcast, social media posts, um, and I'm sure we're going to think about some, some more ideas to try to offer value to people so that uh, we can have new uh, customer relationships um, on the other side of this. Yeah, and we've all seen this taking place. Um, here's a, a famous Moroccan artist, Rebel Spirit. He's got a very distinct style. You've probably seen his work around. And he released some of his pictures on his website, you know, in black and white for people to color, you know, just as a, a form of entertainment and, and as a gift from him for people that are locked at home and looking for something to do. And I thought that was a brilliant move on his part, brilliant marketing move that uh, people are going to share his work and uh, they'll tag him on social media, they'll color, color his pictures. And it's just very, very smart. And it doesn't really cost him that much. And going back to what you said about Rada coaching people, you know, he's offering a lot of value to former clients and then new clients who are calling him. And he's not as concerned at this stage about the payment process, but he's offering a ton of value. And when things get back online and people need help and they need coaching, they're going to think of him because he was there for them in a time when they really needed him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to give some, some more feedback on what some of our listeners had to say. Uh, in general, people are at home. They just say, you know, we're not going to work. We're doing only essential tasks, going to the grocery, um, you know, maybe buying Buddha gas, going to the doctor, the pharmacy. Uh, but that, that's about it. Everyone's staying home. And that includes uh, Zubir, who's one of our listeners. He's the founder of internationalmorocco.com. And he basically said he's not doing any more client work on site. He does teaching for uh, language proficiency tests and visa applications. And he teaches English at corporations. He's not doing any of that anymore. Uh, so he's focusing on building his brand, internationalmorocco.com and writing content for that sort of building his audience. Um, you know, I have some ideas in terms of new partnerships and new relationships. I think this is a great opportunity to reach out to people who in the past have not wanted to partner or do business and really try to talk to them about having a collaboration, having a, a partnership or a cooperative relationship because I think people are afraid right now and they may be open to new ideas that can help their business grow or survive um, on the other side. And if you offer service and value and you don't necessarily ask for a payment, uh, but you maybe ask for exchange in kind, meaning you do a service for me, I do a service for you, 
we don't have to pay each other, but maybe we get some value and together we can provide something that other people are willing to pay for. And so I think people should really be thinking about that, doing new partnerships and reaching out to people on via WhatsApp or phone uh, or video conference like on Zoom. And at the same time, really be thinking about what we talked about, which is what is essential? What is essential? And is what I do essential? Can I convince people that um, it's directly beneficial to them what I'm offering? Either I'm offering something essential or you engage someone else who is offering something essential and you show them how what you can do for them will directly benefit their customers and re result in more sales. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this is a very, very difficult time for sales. Salespeople are going to be in a world of hurt because everyone is scared and there's great uncertainty going forward. So it, if you have the ability to produce sales, you will be in very high demand. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. One of our other listeners that was on the call yesterday is Marwan, who's based in Rabat, and he has a business called College Assist. And basically, he helps Moroccan students who want to study overseas. They have a large focus on America, um, but other countries as well. And so the services that they offer are preparing students to be accepted by helping them prepare to write the SATs, which is an ent entrance exam for American universities and also just their whole application process. So even starting with students that are in the middle of high school, um, doing volunteer work, getting their grades up, improving their English language, things like this to present their best foot forward to those that'll be uh, processing their application. And it's a successful business. They've uh, been, been running classes in Rabat. They're expanding into Casablanca. Um, but previously they've been really focused on in-person classes and one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's all been face-to-face. -face. And this has really forced them to think through, okay, how can we offer our services online? We can do one-on-one -on -one coaching over, the, over Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, no problem. And we can now have clients in Agadir or in Dakla or in Leun or in Ujda all across the country, no problem. And so it's forced them to, to do what they knew was already an option. Um, which was to expand online and to be able to offer their services to a, a wider market. And the other thing that's come out of it is trying and experimenting with new forms of marketing. So he mentioned that they've been doing Instagram lives with some of their students who have succeeded through the program and are now studying abroad. So they're on lockdown or whatever over in America or up in Europe. And they do an Instagram live and just hear from that student, kind of interview them, ask them uh, about their experience studying, how things are going um, and what their experience was with College Assist. And so again, these, this is a new idea that came out of just thinking outside the box and taking time to work on the business rather than just in the business. So he's really recognizing opportunities that are coming from this challenging situation and positioning himself to come out of this stronger than he went in. Yeah, and that's a, that's a common theme. If, if there is a trend 
a macroeconomic trend or a cultural trend that we are seeing it is the physical world moving online mm. now this has is already happened in the in the west in the united states in canada and in, in europe this is already rather mature industry it's still growing but it's rather mature here in morocco it is very young for a variety of reasons um, one of them being online payments but we're seeing that growing uh, one of the members of our club uh, Mohammed, is a, a sales agent for sayami which is the uh, credit card payment processor that you probably see at carrefour marjan um, they also mm -hmm. do online payments but this trend is also true of zubir there you go cme uh, this this trend is also true of zubir who's now thinking about doing his English training and his visa application uh, preparation, moving that online as well. Mm -hmm. um, one of our other listeners who was on the, the call was Mohamed Amin. He owns the Centre de Formation in Bershid. That physical location is completely shut down. And so he's thinking, well, I guess if I had an online school, that could still be functioning right now. Right. But he doesn't, so he needs to build it. Yeah. So if we, that's definitely a macro trend, is things moving online. You can scale it. Ryan, you and I have been talking about this for a while, doing online trainings mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and doing online payments as well. Um, but uh, so that's a macro trend. Uh, some of the other macro trends that I think are, are very clear that are going to come out of this is delivery. Uh, delivery of everything, groceries, medicine, furniture, um, takeout food, you know, everything you can imagine that you go to a store, I think the trend is going to be getting it delivered uh, yeah. and doing that through online payments. So uh, increasingly the use of bank cards, you know, one of the things that hasn't really been talked about much yet, but I, I think is true, is that is that the use of cash is a health hazard mm. because this virus can live on money and then it's exchanged um, in between people. You know, yeah. I think they, they showed that the virus can live on these coins for like four or five days. I mean, even the like the, the automatic payment machines, you know, the, we have the technology to have just touch payments, you know, contactless, but often the machines don't work or people don't use them and they, they force you to physically enter your pin. Um, and again, everyone's fingers are touching that same keypad over and over all day long and it's a health hazard. And so I think there'll be a, a push to accelerate adopting these new technologies. We're not creating these new technologies. They're already there. There's just been a real slow adoption process. I remember a few years ago, I taught a class at university here called Work Experience. And I showed a video from an American company that was all about remote work. And very few employees had a permanent desk. And, you know, they had all the digital tools they needed. And it was kind of an older video. You know, it was from you know 2010 kind of a thing. And so it was very advanced at that time. But even the students looking at it, they, they laughed and said, oh, that won't work in Morocco. You know, we don't, uh, 
we like to monitor everybody's actions. We like, you know, we don't trust our employees. You got to be in the office and, and all this kind of stuff. But this, this season, this coronavirus season is going to accelerate that process. It's going to force people to adopt the technology that's available. And a lot of companies are going to make that transition because of this. So it's a huge catalyst for change. Yeah. One of the things we talked about yesterday was social distancing and all of our Moroccan listeners, they basically disagreed with me. I, I said, well, is social distancing going to be uh, a new thing in society? Meaning, you know, we're not going to give everyone hugs and kisses when we see them. We are not going to pack a hundred people into a small cafe. Um, is this going to become the new normal? And they disagreed. They said one month of lockdown and, you know, this virus is not going to uh, change the social habits of, of the Moroccan culture, which have been developed over centuries. You know, that remains to be seen. I've seen a lot of behavioral change just since this lockdown. And I was shocked um, with, the, with the degree to which people were, you know, washing hands and using sanitizer and, you know, in the own, my own building here in the office, people had taped like uh, tissue boxes to the elevator to each floor so that people didn't have to touch the buttons, like they could grab a tissue. And so, yep. you know, people distancing themselves in the market, standing in line six feet apart. I mean, that change happened almost overnight. And I do not see, you know, April 20th is supposedly when this, this lockdown is going to be lifted. I do not see it going back to normal right away. I, I would be shocked if we see these cafes packed with people and you know everybody like rubbing shoulder to shoulder and getting in people's faces. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I could be wrong, but if that does happen, then Morocco is gonna have another outbreak of this virus. I mean, we cannot go back to the way that, that society has been functioning you know, with buses that are overflowing with people, you know, that they'll spread the virus right away. Yeah. Like you said, it remains to be seen. It's uh, hundreds of years of culture and behavior. And depending on how long this goes for six weeks to a few months of uh, lockdown, tough to say, tough to say, I think people will think twice and, and in general, there will be some adjustments but I definitely don't think we're going to be, you know, standing six feet apart in lines for the indefinite future. There's, there's going to be some swing back, but probably not fully, you know, you may not see the, the shared cup in the doctor's office anymore. That, that might be an adjustment that's, that's made permanently, but we'll see. Yeah. And I, as I've been thinking about this, one of the things I've been reading is that if we're going to get out of this lockdown, what's eventually going to happen is there that the people who are not vulnerable, you know, middle-aged people, younger people who are healthy, non-smokers, they're going to be the first ones back into society. And the last ones back are going to be people who are older, people with health problems, respiratory problems, diabetes, obesity, um, asthma, people who are vulnerable to this disease and dying from this disease. Those people are going to be the last ones to come back out into society if they come back at all normal. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we could be thinking about as entrepreneurs, as small business owners is, how can we serve those people 
and what new businesses can emerge um, out of the fact that people who are vulnerable to this virus are, are need to stay home. Mm. And some of the immediate things are, you know, start a business doing services for people. You know, if I'm, if I'm locked down in a neighborhood, I can serve my community and start a business at the same time by doing the tasks that are allowed to be done. I can go around and ask my neighbors, do you want me to go to the grocery for you? Do you want me to go to the pharmacy for you? Do you want me to go pay your LEDAC bill? Do you want me to, um, I don't know, take a, a package to a family member who's in need, mm -hmm. right? Just go and, and, you know, you don't need to talk to them face to face, but you could call neighbors or you can talk to them through their doors. This is a way to start a business. And this is an opportunity to, um, you know, take advantage of the situation and help people at the same time. Yeah, one of the metaphors we discussed that's really helpful visually is this idea of catching a wave. So you, even if you're not a surfer, you've seen the, the surfers out in the water and they're standing up on their board. They're looking out to the ocean to see the waves. And it's just a little bump that's rolling. And then as it gets closer to shore, it starts to jack up and turn into, turn into a wave break. And before that happens, the surfer needs to position themselves and start to paddle furiously. They need to gain speed going in the same direction towards shore so that when the wave comes, they can catch it and ride the momentum of that wave and enjoy it. If you're not moving fast enough, or if you're not properly positioned, the wave will just roll right under you and proceed to shore without you. Or if you're in the wrong position, it will pick you up and bring you to the top of the wave and crash you down. And so you need to be thinking about that in terms of this coronavirus. How do I position myself to be able to catch these coming trends economically that will come out of this season? And also, how do I prepare myself? You know, I need to be paddling. I need to have strong enough arms. I need to kick my feet. I need to have momentum so that I'm prepared when that wave comes, I'm already there. I'm already ready because if it comes and I haven't started yet, it's too late. It's going to roll right under me and I'm going to miss it. Yeah. And just to recap, you know, I'm not certain of any of this. This is just my, my best guess and, and my interpretation of the events that are going, but the waves that I see are e-commerce, uh, delivery of everything, uh, online education, online commerce, um, cashless payments, meaning we're, we're going to move slowly but surely from a cash-based society to bank cards and mobile payments. That, that is going to be a wave. We're in the very beginning of it, of course, but that's going to continue. Um, and sort of a reversion to the essential. What is essential? Food, clothing, housing, um, education, relationship, health. These, these are the waves. And, you know, I think another wave is we're going to have a, a reversion back to more um, production within a society mm -hmm. and the pace of globalization is going to slow down and countries are really going to take a look at whether or not they want to be dependent on 
foreigners for essential things. I'm already reading articles that countries that produce things like rice and wheat and corn, like uh, Vietnam produces a lot of rice, they have banned exports of rice. Russia produces a lot of wheat, they have banned the export of wheat. So, you know, countries like Morocco has, has entered the global market slowly, but I think you're going to see a trend towards internal production of what used to be imported. And, mm -hmm. you know, for, for, for me, I have no idea why Morocco does not produce clothing. Why, why does Morocco need to import clothing from Turkey? That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why can't Morocco be a producer of clothing? Um, maybe, you know, one of our listeners can send me a message and, and, and let me know what am I missing? Why, why isn't Morocco produce clothing? I think a lot of times there's countries, they have the capacity to enter an industry and to, to supply the, their national needs themselves. But because of years of experience or, um, you know, first mover advantages or economies of scale, other countries are ahead. And so the, the price difference, it's like, well, we can just import these products and we'll focus on developing other industries. We'll choose sort of, you know, things like the auto sector, or aerospace, Morocco's poured a lot into those. But I think you're right that this, this crisis will help countries think more about, well, we need to be cautious that we don't become too dependent on other countries. We want to be independent. We want to be able to survive even if our borders are closed. So we can't rely solely on uh, importing or even on one supplier, one nation, in case something like this happens again. And I think the same thing is going to happen individually. So when you have your your income source dry up, uh, it forces you to think about expanding your sources of income. So for individuals that have had an employer and now their business is shut down and their, their salary has stopped, they're going to start thinking, I need to have multiple sources of income. I need to diversify myself. So there's going to be a lot more um, side hustles, a lot, a lot of a move into the gig economy where you might still be a salaried employee but you also have a bit of a side business that you keep, which you could focus on more if the time, uh, if it came to a time like this again. So there's going to be a lot more of that happening as well. Yeah. One last thing I think uh, subject I want to touch on is again, just to emphasize that, that this crisis, it could last a long time. And I really encourage people to take steps now to prepare uh, for the worst. It, it, we all hope and pray it's not going to be the worst, but it really could. And you're already starting, starting to see ruptures of stock. So, for example, the, kid, the cereal that my kids love comes from Poland. Um, and, you know, we eat tortilla chips. Well, you know what? That stuff has disappeared. At, at least at uh, our local Carrefour and, and BIM, it's gone. And you can see the stuff that comes from Europe the food items especially, they're not getting replaced on the shelf. Mm. You know, and so I ask myself, why, does, why do we need to import cereal from Poland? Why can't Morocco produce cereal? Um, that seems like something that could be done here. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but just so everyone understands, the politicians, they're always going to tell you what they want to tell you so that you don't panic. And that's good. They, they shouldn't try to create panic. But 
everyone should take steps to be prepared for a bad outcome. Um, and it's better to be prepared and not need it than to not be prepared and uh, be, be, find yourself in a, in, a, in a bad situation. So that's yeah. my advice. Yeah, that's good. All right, any final thoughts on uh, this week or? Uh... No, again, just wanted to finish apologizing to our, our listeners who did join us. Uh, hopefully uh, we've been able to summarize well what you shared and all of us can be thinking about using this time to upskill, to work on our business and prepare to come out of this stronger and to catch those waves, those new economic trends that, that will come out of this. So we'll, we'll be ready. We'll be in position to ride that wave to shore. Yeah. And again, we ask if you have questions or comments, please send them to us, Ryan at MoroccoPodcast.com, or you can leave comments in the notes on YouTube. Uh, we're happy. We're always looking for new content and new questions, new topics. So we welcome um, your comments and your advice. And uh, yeah, until next time.